On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 7, Driftmark. We break down all of the tension that's about to boil over between Alicent and Rhaenyra. We discuss the theft of Vagar, and we also discuss Lena's funeral, plus many more hilarious segments. Winter is here! <laughs> Welcome back to Deep Thrones. This is the review of season one, episode seven. Seven, yeah. Of, of House of the Dragon. My Drift, name is Sims. Driftmark, it's called. Driftmark's the name of the episode. I, of course, am Sims. My partner, Sheedy's here. What's up, Sheedy? Hey, guys. What's up? How's everybody doing on this wonderful October day? It is October. We're here. And we're, it's it's officially Oktoberfest. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we've, we've got some exciting things. So this is another road game for the Deep Pods, pod going on. The 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 voice settings may sound a little bit different this week, but don't worry. Next Sunday, everything will be back to normal. I am in New Jersey. Last week, Chris was in uh, where were you? Arizona, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. So yeah, we've both have work obligations. So that's sort of traveling. Another road game. Midweek mayhem will be a road game again as well. But the next week, all is back to normal. So do not worry. I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to like you know make this a thing or anything. But not to compare trips, but you went to sunny, beautiful Phoenix, and I went to the East Coast right in the eye of a hurricane, you know. Granted, it's a little northeast of the hurricane, but there's a little rain today. Just just a touch bit northeast of yeah, the just hurricane. A touch, just a couple miles northeast. I came over here to figure it out, all right? Um, I love, I but you love know what? hotels. You're a big hotel guy. I love them. I love hotels. I love the just like... I feel so empowered when I walk in and I'm like, all right, this is my room, you know? Yeah, it, it is nice having your own space. It's like if you if you live by yourself and like no one can tell you what to do, mm-hmm. you can just make your own rules. It's nice. Yeah, I treat it like a prison. I went down to the front desk and I was like, when's lights out? <laughs> when, when do we have to have but lights out by? We do travel well, if I, if I could compliment ourselves we for do. a second. We're, we're road warriors. I mean, of course, we protect home field, of course, as well, but... We've proven that when it comes to the road games, we get up for those road games. Honestly, I think our trajectory—if we were looking at a football comparison—we mm. we were getting kind of our asses beat early on, just because of the equipment we had, the yeah. resources we had. But now, you know, we're loaded, we're stacked. We've had fifty first-round draft picks. Yeah, um, just just from like savvy trading. It's not even that we sucked every year. <laughs> yeah, no, we just went through a slight rebuild. I wouldn't even call it a rebuild. It was a restructure. We did a little bit of trading. We did a little bit of you know better scouting. I think on the equipment exactly. and on the software, and we were just like, hey, let's give this thing a go. You know, let's see what we can do. And now we're just ringing in championships. Now we're crushing it. Yeah. And more exciting news: uh, George R. R. Martin just released a new, well, planning on releasing a new book. In mid-October, called Rise of the Dragon. And his ghostwriters were heavily involved in that, right? Yeah, heavily. I believe so, because their names are... I would say mostly. Yeah, their names are on the cover. People online were like, oh, of course, before he finishes the other book. I was like, I think he he read this after his ghostwriters wrote it and was like, sure. (laughs) Yeah, he he gave the thumbs up. This is just another kind of series of building out the world and adding more history. I don't think it's written like a like a pro story i think it's more so just another encyclopedia type of history yeah more so for you gen zers out there writing books was the original hashtag content you know you didn't just have to put a video twerking on instagram you had to write lore so gen zers don't even know how to write in cursive no so that's a thing that's too. a thing i can't believe it i cannot believe my it. mom's my mom is very upset about that and I'm moms like, are moms everywhere like listen mom been. My mom was like, like which, was last time you cursive? which politician will mandate cursive? That's who I'm voting for. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, we, we both pre-ordered the book because, of course, we did. Why, why would we yeah, not? Of course, got to. Got, got to. to. Yeah. So we have a pretty action-packed episode here, so let's dive into it. Why don't you take us through yeah, that? Yeah, this, this might be a longer one, guys, because this was a long-ass episode. So we open, boom, Lena's funeral, right? If you remember last episode, Vagar burnt her to a crisp. She was having a very bad pregnancy. Uh, she gets a little burial at sea, which is, I guess, 
I, for Valerians, I guess that's pretty nice. Yeah, I guess I guess that's House Valerian's traditional funeral. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm just going to do some wide brush strokes over this scene. It's a long one, and there's a lot of just people staring at each other. Otto's back. Right. And Otto grabs his shirt and does a little tug on the shirt. He's got the hand of the kingpin. He's back like he never Boo. left. If you're Boo. Viserys, you got to go somewhere else. You can't go to your – you can't use your own sloppy set. I mean, I guess I'm not one to talk. <laughs> you can't. Oh, you can't. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I guess he just trusts Otto. Maybe he was like, "All right." I mean, he gave me Allison, so um, all, all the dragons are flying overhead, which is a really cool scene. They're buds. The dragons are all chill with each other, which sucks because they're. This isn't their yeah, fight. They're, they're, they're kicking it. And one thing to note, I think that this will be probably the last time that we see all the dragons in there just kicking it together. After this point, you have factions and the dragons get involved, and probably next time we see multiple dragons in the air from different factions, they're going to be fighting it out. Agreed. Agreed. Dragons are like pit bulls, all right? It's, it's how you raise them. It's how you raise them. They're not mean animals. Keep, it's just how you raise keep them. Keep Mike Vick away from the dragons. Dude, could you imagine? Oh, my God. The scandals. Keep Brett Favre away from the coppers. Or the, the coffers. The <laughs> coffers. That's what you keep away from the fucking... Because he, he's like... They're like, we need to rebuild Flea Bottom. He's like, no, no, no. I need a stadium up at Winterfell. Um, I need a new dragon pit. <laughs> a new dragon pit. Also, here's a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Rhaenyra is talking to her kids. Jace is like, we shouldn't even be here. We should be mourning Harwin. And she's like, you got to cut that shit out real quick. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that. that's inappropriate. That, he's not blood. Knowing damn well that he was blood, but but and then I think the only other thing significantly at this point to discuss is Aegon and Aemon are having a little conversation, and they discuss the fact that Aegon is is gonna marry Helena. So, Alicent undercut Rhaenyra's proposal from last episode, and instead is marrying her two children together, which again you might think is very very weird, but for Targaryens it's not. Yeah, and it seems like Aemon has a very strong sense of duty. It's in the conversation Aegon's kind of talking crap about helena and saying she's she's weird for all these dreams and stuff and amen was like well you know that that's your duty you, you kind of just have to do it and Aegon's just more interested in thrill seeking he's, he's got he's on like his fifth drink already the yeah. guy's just getting after it and also earlier in the scene when and I'm, it's slipping my head right now but um corliss's brother or corliss's cousin or whatever Raymond? um was yeah he was given the remarks for lena's funeral and he, when he said ours our blood must not run thin damon laughed at it yeah I was, I was wondering what that was like why did he why did he laugh at that one you i know? think probably because lanor's blood is non-existent rainier's children so maybe he found that funny like oh i shouldn't run thin huh doesn't even it's not even yeah there. but but he's talking about lena, lena though, right yeah Damon seems like a guy who mourns in his own way and not yeah. well. He doesn't seem like he handles things correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. Damon has a hard time handling He needs a therapist, all right? Um, a couple other things to point out. Kristen tells Allison, he's like, well, yo, Laris is just staring you down. Laris, you're right. The dude's creepy. It's <laughs> fucked. Dude, he's so weird, man. He, like, Kristen's like, yeah, since you arrived, Laris has been staring him down. He's like, Hey, look at me. Do you remember what I did for you yeah. by killing yeah. the Strongs? I love Laris's smile because it's very creepy. Um, Jace comforts his cousins, and I think that's an important scene because we do see that J the Strong boys are much closer to Damon and Lena's children than they are Aegon and Aemond, I guess. So there's one yeah. point of that. Um, and uh, Corliss has a cute little scene with Lusaris where he says, Hey, Driftmark's going to be yours someday, buddy. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, Luke was not happy about it. And, and, Great you know, scene, these kids, I liked it, yeah. Yeah, these, these kids are going to have a hard time mourning, right? Like, they're not like Damon where they're going to laugh at stuff at, yeah. at a funeral. And to, yeah. to them, you're talking about inheritance at a funeral, and they're just like, I don't I don't want that. That just means more people more died. More people died, exactly. Um, yeah, Lenor is having, like, a full-blown moment in the sea. He's just standing there crying. He lost his sister, you know? At the same time, mm -hmm. Rhaenyra and Damon just keep looking at each other. Rhaenyra looks at everyone, and it's, you know, like when you look at someone and they make eye contact with you at the same time, and it's kind of awkward, so you like look away. This yeah. happened. Oh yeah. This happened fifteen times in this episode. <laughs> People just looking at each other. 
it is, it is it is cool though every like it's kind of similar to the dragons everyone is all together at this point and it's yeah. one of the last times that we're going to see everyone moderately civil while being in the same yeah. setting well this scene is the last time i think and then from here right. yeah, <laughs> the rest of this episode uh Lenor has that moment uh corliss kind of makes a scene grabs carl and he's like go get go get him out of the water you get him out of there this isn't a pool party it's it also interesting to me that corliss goes to carl and says that instead of rhaenyra right yeah well i mean he instead of like be like hey rhaenyra can you ask Lenor to get out of there he uh, he like charges carl i think he i mean he knows what Lenor likes goose all right Lenor <laughs> likes goose. no ducks no ducks only goose um, Viserys and Damon talk. Viserys tells, uh, well, Viserys and Damon talk. It's great. Vis- like Viserys tells Damon, just come home, come home, brother. And Damon's like, I don't. Know. He just does that. He's like, I don't want to do that. Again, I don't know if it's a morning situation here or if it's similar. Even in the conversation that Damon had with Lena, where Damon is just kind of fed up with King's Landing and doesn't want to go back, but he yeah. just basically says, "Fuck you. I don't. I don't need anything." Yeah. And he even like, gives I a jab at. He even gives a jab at Viserys um, when Viserys comes up and tries to console him, and yeah. he says, "You know, the years have been cruel." And David goes, "Seems they've been especially cruel to you, cruel to you. Yeah, just this, for no reason." Viserys is falling apart, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right." As his like lip is falling off, um, <laughs> Otto sort of cuts Damon off as Damon is walking away, and he's like, "I'm sorry for your loss." And Damon is just kind of just takes a jab at him, takes a little, calls yeah. him a leech, you know. Um, Viserys then is like, all right, it's time for bed. He pulls a classic Joe Biden and he calls Alice and Emma. <laughs> Man, that's like, and, and right in front of like multiple people too. I think, And it's uh, Westerling that corrects him. I think, you know, I get it. He's the king and it's bad. But I think in those situations with really old people who are dying, I think we've all, I don't want to say all of us, I definitely have. We all know a person at some point who's sort of their faculties start to get a little, you know, I mean, it just happens. It's yeah. a natural thing of life. And I think that that's forgivable. I think that scene was more to show that, like, this this motherfucker sadly is kind of losing it a little bit. It's no longer just physical. You know what I mean? It's yeah. no longer just physical. It's getting into the it's getting into his guts. <laughs> that's a good point. And also, we talked about the travel having or taking a toll on him. And he he's in real real rough shape exact throughout op- this he's entire episode. The exact opposite of Deep Thrones. He cannot travel. He needs to stay at home. Right. He's just terrible <laughs> on the road. The guy that's terrible on the road. His family falls apart when he goes on the road. Exactly. You got anything else you want to add from that? Uh, no. It's a, the, the next point I think is when everyone gets sent to bed. All the young boys. Well, the uh, yeah. young boys. Everyone goes to bed except Aegon is like passed out, and Otto just picks him up, works him a little bit, and then goes like, "Go to fucking bed." I love Otto for that. <laughs> Otto is real for that. Because sometimes, he's, you know, you're the, he, he considers Aegon to be the rightful heir to the throne. He's making a scene at his, I don't know, I guess niece, niece's, uh, fuck, who cares, at one of his relatives' funeral. And he's cousin-in-law. Cousin-in-law, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Slaps him around a little bit and tells him to straighten up, you know? Yeah. Aegon, at this point, doesn't really have a very kingly heir to him. I think Otto kind of blames himself a little bit, yeah. and is now trying to kick his ass in the in the shape. Yeah. But Aegon doesn't. He's vocalized it before, but he doesn't want the throne. He doesn't really care much about it at this point. Right, and he. I should have. I, I sort of skipped over it, but I could backtrack a little bit. Is when it showed Helena actually with a spider talking to it. Back to what you said, she is sort of maybe a little bit um, different. You know, maybe touched a little yeah. bit. And Aegon is like, yeah, I'll marry her. It's my duty. But I'm interested. She's holding a daddy long leg spider. He's like, I'm interested in things with other long legs. And he's like hitting on the, the cupbearer girl. So Aegon yeah. does have uh, sights for other women. But he will do his duty with his sister. Who at this point, I think, Chris, you're spot on. They're making her, I think, just a little bit um, socially different. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Corliss and Rainey's have a great scene. I really loved this scene where they discuss Damon and Lena and uh, how Damon really just kept Lena in Essos when Lena really wanted to come home. And they also discuss who should inherit Driftmark. And Rainey's now sees that her grandkids are in trouble, even though she doesn't really consider Lenor's kids her grandkids. But she does know for a fact that Lena's grandkids are her grandkids, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, every, everyone knows. They, they even dropped the line later in the episode. Like, every, everyone knows the differences in the kids. 
Rainey's this this was an interesting scene for me because I had always assumed from reading Fire and Blood that everyone from the Valerian family, Rainey's and Corliss were on the same page as far as we got spurned not taking the throne. And so we kind of want to not necessarily push our claim to get it back, but we kind of want justice. Like we, we want right. Rhaenyra to be able to to take the throne and kind of right that wrong. Right. And it seems from this scene that Rainey's is not necessarily on that same page. Cor- yeah. Corliss is very, I mean, we knew he was prideful to begin with, but it seems like he actually wants the throne still at this point in time. Right. I think they're doing the whole, like, she's trying to be protective of the kids' things and knows what this will mean in terms of their safety. But I wish they doubled down. I wish she was like, no, no, we fucking deserve this. Have the female character also acknowledge that she got screwed as opposed to going that, well, she's a mom route, you know, and she's worried about her grandkids. I would rather she be like, no, this is right is right. But also, side angle could be, it was her rightful throne. She knew it. And just hearing about it constantly from Corliss probably wore her down to the point where she's trying to sort of assuage him a little bit to be like, hey, I don't even care anymore, man. You need to relax. You're yeah. going gonna to worry yourself. And he, of course, has some great lines. You know, history doesn't remember blood. It remembers names. You know, essentially saying like years from now, they're not going to be like, hey, what did this kid look like versus that kid? They're going to be like, oh, a Valerian sat the Iron Throne. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I've actually got like a take on how their reactions are going to be later on. So I, I want to put a note here to circle back on this combo yeah. um, later toward the end of the episode here, so I don't forget. Circle but you it. can go ahead and continue. Fuck yeah, circle it. So Allison, or I'm sorry, Rhaenyra and Damon are tired of making eyes to each other. They they decide it's time to chat, and they just sit down. They get down to brass tacks, and they talk. Um, Damon questions Allison's role in Strong's death. Rhaenyra's like, listen, it's a cursed castle, and Damon's like, yeah, that, but that's what the Greens want you to believe, you know. Um, they don't call them Greens at this point, but they do actually finally end the episode by calling them the Greens, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, that was just a little, they're finally talking a little bit, sh- shooting the shit. And, and in the same conversation, Rhaenyra's talking about, and forgive me if you already said this, I was taking that note down, um, oh, but good. they were talking about Rhaenyra's marriage being a complete farce, and oh, how yeah. they how they had tried they being Rhaenyra and Lenor had tried to conceive but like pretty early on that they realized that it wasn't going to work out this okay. is also the first time we hear from Rhaenyra's own mouth that she did have an extramarital affair with Harwin Strong yeah she admits it outright um to Damon and while this is going on Aemon is just hunting Vagar. he's like can hear it and he's trying to find Vagar. he's trying to get in the Vagusi um and while he's looking for Vagar, Rhaenyra like just kisses Damon, gives him a little smooch on the lips, and they start getting after it. Yeah, it's it's still uncomfortable. You you can fast forward 10, 15 years, the whole niece to uncle vibe is still a little bit uncomfortable for me. A little bit. And then also the, the fact that it's they're on the beach. On oh, the sand, like, yeah. But there's the water, right? That's the same body of water that Lena was just dumped into. Wow. Like probably an hour, kind of, a couple hours ago. Sort of like a threesome, in a in a way. Oh, uh, uh, come on! But also like the crab, like, the crab feeder too. Yeah. <laughs> he washes up. Like, show some, show some damn respect. I mean, yeah. that was like so soon. That was that was just way too close in time for my liking. I mean, listen, you got to get bad. You could you gotta get back on the wagon, you know. Yeah, I mean the, the Renissi gets what the Renissi wants, I guess. And so does the Vagusi because Aemon finally finds Vagar, hops on, and then rides Vagar. Like he tames it. He does, of course, like the the words to calm it down. Hops on it, struggles at first, takes off with Vagar. And I said this to you in the production meeting. I said this to my mom who called me after the episode to talk about it. This is the best dragon riding scene. Not just in House of the Dragon, but Game of Thrones in terms of the CGI and in terms of how vivid it was and like what goes into it to ride a dragon. Danny yeah. like just hopped on top of Drogon one day and we were all fine with it. You know what I mean? Just gripping yeah. it raw. You know, no saddle, no nothing. Just hanging on to his spikes. Um, right. But this was like we saw him almost fall off. We saw him taming it. We saw just great camera angles and it looked really good considering, I mean, it's CGI, but it looked pretty good. Yeah, he he was struggling. Like the fact that he like flew through birds and it kind of smacked him in the face was very cool too. He was falling off, like you said, and 
you know, congrats to Danny for having the grip to just like squeeze on the, oh my to um, Drogon and just be chill out there. She's <laughs> got those thighs of know, steel. One thing I do think, because I can just picture this now, I, I can picture the the messages coming in or the tweet the tweets that I'll heat. see in a few hours. But I I think one take's going to be how did Vagar just accept a new rider that quickly without fighting back a little bit? Just, and literally, just did, Damon I, did the same thing. It's easy. Who did? Damon. He accepted a new rider like in the same exact uh, scene. It's simple. <laughs> Um, and I, I think the answer to that is Vagar, being one of the oldest dragons, has had multiple riders. He's like, already. I've been down this road before. She, I'm saying he, it's a she, it's a female dragon. It is actually. a she, you're right. So she's had multiple riders before, uh, you know, going all the way back to... The Conquest, right? Yeah, going all the way back to the Conquest. Visenya, of course, rode Vagar, and then after her... I'm not sure who came in between, but Viserys actually rode Vagar for quite some time. And then now Lena did, and then Aemon. Aemon. So, so you know, it, it's it's a dragon that's used to having a rider. So it's yeah. not, you know, these commands are all the same across the board. So it's not like yeah. it, it's some random person walking up and just hopping on. Vagar, she made him earn it a little bit. She looked him up and down. She had a little fire in her throat. And she's like, all right, I sniffed. Yeah. You got a little Targaryen in you. It's fine. Aemon, of course, at this point, still has his nickname, Aemon Two Eyes, which everyone calls him throughout the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then from there, um, Bela tells Jace, she's like, whoa, someone stole Vagar. And then... Uh, Damon and Rhaenyra get up from their sandy sex and they look up and they're like, oh shit, someone's riding that dragon. Who's riding that dragon? And Damon like doesn't mm-hmm. really care, but he's kind of like, uh, that's going to be an issue for me long term. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think maybe he was hoping it was one of Rhaenyra's kids or, or you know, someone that wasn't on the other side. Someone, yeah, not Aemon Two Eyes. Um, right. Aemon lands with Fagar and then he gets jumped, all right? He gets accosted. The strong boys and the daughters of uh, what are their names? Bela and what's the other one? Bela and and Reyna. Reyna. Bela right. and Reyna. They just go at him, and it, it's just verbal at this point. Technically, I think he threw the first blow. I think he started punching and kicking first. It's all out brawl. And then, well, he... it, a, a couple things. Amon's personality completely changed, and we talked about this before immediately. The Completely changed as soon as he rode Vagar. He was so humble and, and docile last episode, and imme- as soon as he got off Vagar, he was like, "I got Vagar." I think he. I think he realizes that now he is the most badass person in the realm. Vagar's just by a, that one situation. For those of you who don't understand why Vagar is the strongest dragon in the realm, bar none, I think strongest and biggest. Maybe not the fastest, but biggest, strongest, most experienced. Right. Right. Experience goes yeah, a long way. I, I mean. She is over, I mean, she's probably 200 years old at this point. Yeah, and so, uh, so they're all duking yeah. it out. He, he calls Jace and Luke bastards. He's like, you guys are Lord Strong's kids. And then he starts hitting rocks on the kids. He punches the girls. It's kicking them. You know, everyone's throwing scrapes. At one point, they all pile on him, and he does some, like, Batman shit where he's like, ah, and, like, flings his arms, and they all go <laughs> flying. And then um, he picks up a rock and, like, hits one of the kids, one of the strong boys. I think it was the youngest one, so it would be Luke. Breaks his nose. Jace with that dagger then, boom, hits him right in the eye, the left eye. Poor Aemon Two Eyes now has to go buy a new nickname. I'm going to start calling him Aemon One Eye. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't tell. So I tried rewinding it. It looked to me like Luke was the one who slashed him in the eye. And in the book, it 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 was Joffrey who did it. Uh, in the book, I believe. Really, too now, at this point. It's interesting, though, because they subbed in the book, it was Joffrey, Luke, Jace in that fight against Aemon. But in the show, obviously, we had the Valerian the daughters. Well. Yeah. Yeah, Bela and, and Reyna there. And then you just had the two boys, Jace and Luke. So I couldn't really tell who, which one it was because they both looked the same They're when I paused it on that guy's face. So, the but, they both kind of look like me. That it's Luke. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. <laughs> They're my kids. Don't ask where I was, all right, when those two were made. Um, but we'll get that straightened out by the midweek mayhem, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll figure it out, and then we'll uh, update you. Um, so Viserys, is, Viserys, like, blames the Kingsguard. He's like, you have one job, watch everyone. And then Kristen Cole gives him, like, some clap back. He's like, we don't watch princes from other princes, which is probably true, but you don't talk back to your king, Kristen. I don't care 
how much the queen loves you. And even, and she's my queen as well. <laughs> but yeah, so he blames them. Allison goes and charges Aegon. She grabs him by the face and she was like, Aegon, like, why weren't you watching your brother? You, you know, you, you, you essentially calls him an alcoholic. <laughs> She's like, you have demons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Corliss is pissed. You know, Rhaenyra is pissed. Everyone is mad. And, you know, for good reason. The fight's, you know, as Ludacris would say, oh, no, the fight's out. I'm about to put your <laughs> lights out. Lights out. Yeah. Otto's standing in the wings. Damon's standing in the wings. They're sort of chilling, sort of seeing what's about to transpire. They're not being too emotional about anything, you know? Otto, of all people, I don't think says a word in this scene. He's kind of just like, you know, watching things unfold. His his grandson just had his eyeball cut out, and Otto's like, this is good. <laughs> Otto, Otto is a very calculating man, and he sees this as a potential catalyst for all the stuff that he was predicting oh, yeah. years ago. This is a so Fran, I think he's, Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, so I think he's kind of sitting back and watching how Viserys is going to react and before he kind of puts his puts his lot in with the party here. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, you know, Alicent sort of insults Lenor, and then Rhaenyra even says, like, this whole fight was born off of a treasonous lie. And Viserys sort of charges Aemon. He's like, where did you hear it? Aemon looks at Alicent. That one eye sort of gazes at her. Everyone looks at her, and then Aemon goes, Aegon. And everyone looks at Aegon, and Aegon's like, oh, you fuck. And then Viserys <laughs> sort of charges Aegon. He's like, where did you hear it? And Aegon's like, look at him, man. <laughs> yeah, Aegon spoke him. the truth, man. Like, Viserys has been kind of... He's like dodging this the whole time. He's like Damon and, and Rhaenyra like, are from the same family. Lenor and Lena are from the same family. They all had kids. Compare them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Compare the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone can see it. Everyone. And Viserys is like answer to this whole thing is like kiss and make up. Everyone just relax. Everyone kiss and make up. Allison's like, no, that's a no go. Eye for an eye. She wants an eye. She's like, Kristen, bring me. Um, which one does she want? Jace is the older one. I think she just said one of the son's eyes, and then and then she said they can choose which one. A, a, a grace that my son wasn't afforded. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 chill, chill!" And but Allison's adamant. She's adamant. And then uh, she at, at one point she just says, "All right, so Kristen, you're you're my sworn protector. Take Luke's eye." And then Kristen even was like, "This is a little extreme. I'm yeah. sworn to protect you. I'm not going to take yeah. out some kids' eye." He didn't say that last part, but no. like. It's implied. You can tell it was tough for him because he does, like, I think not love Allison in a sexual way, but he feels indebted to her. And I think even he was like, come on, man. (laughs) It's a kid's eye. You know, they were fighting. Which one is the older one? Is it Jake or Jace or Luke? Jace. Jace is older. That's why. Okay. Just making sure. Um, And and so Viserys essentially says, he's like, no, there can't be any more slander. I'm done with that shit. No one's taking anyone's eyes. And he looks at Allison and kind of says, he's like, there will be no more slander. Because I think everyone also knows where the slander came from. The same way they know whose parents those kids, you know. Um, right. And then Allison does like the fling, takes the blade out of Viserys' hip and like charges at Rhaenyra. And Rhaenyra catches it. That's what we saw from the trailer, of course. Where's duty? Where's sacrifice? Like, I had to do everything by the book. You got away with everything and you spat in the realm's face with it. This is what I had yeah. been saying would be a catalyst for these issues. She'd Stradamus over here, you know. But what do I get for it? I get, oh, your team greens. I was just, all I was doing was saying that one sort of was forced to follow a rule book and they did. The other one sort of got their way and then partied. And I love that for them. But you can't make the other one the villain. I love that for Rhaenyra. But everyone vilifying Allison at that point in time I felt was unfair. Now, with a knife in her face and asking for the kid's eye, I think it's fair. But <laughs> at the yeah, time, I, it I, I do, I do love that they kind of summarized all the frustrations that both parties have had. Yeah. You, from our point of view as viewers, we, like you said, we we tend to sympathize with Renera because right. the king said she's in line for the throne, and the only reason that that's even challenged is because of her sex. Right. And so obviously, that, right. that's it's a problem ridiculous. for yeah. for us, right? But here, you hear this point of view directly from Allison that hasn't been addressed other than, you know, your own call that you called. Other so, than me. I've been your champion. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, hey. So it, it, it is good to get that side, but the way that she did it was not not the proper outlet for that. 
Probably not. Yeah, no, probably not asking for the kid's eye. It was probably the wrong way to go about it. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record right now. We at Deep Thrones does not support that. Um, and uh, Eamon then, Allison po- El- kind of pulls the dagger away, cuts Rhaenyra in the process. It's a big gash. Uh, everyone just kind of looks at it, and then Viserys is like, all right, everyone, we're even. <laughs> Chill. And Eamon pops up, and he goes, don't even worry, granddad. Everyone relax. Like, I don't even care. The one eye was worth it. I got a dragon. Yeah, yeah, I may have lost one eye, but I gained a dragon. And one thing that was interesting, no maester like rolled over to help her near or anything. She's just bleeding out, like it's fine, like that's cool. I, think, I guess. I think that everyone was sort of stuck. I think everyone was frozen, just stunned, just yeah. stunned, shock. And they did this cut, and it was Rhaenyra, Damon, the strong boys, Corlys, and Rhaenys. And then on the other side of the room, it was Allison, Aegon, Aemond, Kristen, and Otto. And it was very. Yeah heavy but it was like okay the battle lines have been drawn yeah and and this this episode has a good amount of significance behind it because a it's kind of the quite literally the funeral of the last things holding back the true formation of the sides that we see in in the dance of dragons exactly but b it's the first time that blood is spilled um, on either side and, and, and you have some from both. You have some from Eamon, and you have some from Rhaenyra herself. So very high levels of significance in this episode. Yeah, this is a big deal, obviously. And Otto visits Allison after that, and Allison's very repentant. But Otto sort of says, he's like, I've never seen that side of you. You're determined. You got what it takes to win this fucking game. Go win it. Let's do this thing. He's like, you don't understand. Your son was right. That dragon means a thousand eyes. You know, yeah, he 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 automatically knows the worth of Vagar. And then he without, says, "Well, go ahead." Uh, well, I was just going to say, without Vagar, there there's not. Without Aemon having Vagar, the Dance of Dragons is a specific, like a extremely expedited process. Not only that, but I would say much how Bran falling out that window was his journey to becoming the Three Eyed Raven. I think losing his eye is the journey to becoming the new Aemon, the sort of. Aemon that can go tit for tat with a daemon in a sword fight. The Aemon that's way physically more threatening and imposing than his older brother and becomes really a power player for the Greens. Yeah, possibly. I, my counterpoint to that, though, would be that he already had Vagar and already was kind of being sort of a dick beating up on younger kids before he lost the eye. Listen, so. there were six of them, and that's impressive. <laughs> you sent six 10-year-olds at me with hate in their eyes, and I'm drop-kicking all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um Otto then said something to Allison like I promise you will win this which like dude guaranteeing victory is risky that's bulletin board material you gotta be careful with that you gotta be careful with guaranteeing victory I mean we'll, we'll see how that plays out put put that on your uh, do not forget board right there do not forget guarantees victory I'm not gonna forget it um and then this ending I'm actually gonna kind of parcel through a little bit Rhaenyra gets stitched Lenor talks to her, and he's like, listen, I've been fucking up. I'm going to be by your side, finally, like you've wanted. And Rhaenyra's actually kind of like, no, I changed my mind. I don't really want you by my side, no. And um, they talk shop a little bit. Alicent and Viserys travel back to King's Landing. He's not doing hot. She's like, I'm sorry. And Viserys is like, no, don't even talk about it anymore. That's He's that guy now. Don't even want to hear it. Um, Laris and Alicent chat on the boat back to King's Landing. Uh, they reaffirmed their commitment with each other. He had, he says, he's like, I can get you an eye. If you want an eye, I can get you an eye. Like, it's no problem for me. I'll get you an eye tomorrow. And Allison's like, I don't want an eye. We just need to relax, but I will pull your card eventually. I'll give you a ring. Because I know, she's like, essentially says, like, the I owe you a debt. And it, like, not, like, in a bad way, but, like, you're my guy, right? Yeah, it. I mean, it's funny, though, because... Allison already knows what Laris is saying there. Like, she knows that's a very real threat. So you can kind of see the fear on her face. Like, please don't take out a child's eye. Like, there's no misunderstanding here. That's not going to be necessary. I think Allison was able to sort of relax and be like, I reacted impulsively there, Laris. Let's relax a little bit. Because if it happened, the heat would immediately be on her. Absolutely. And then uh, one thing before we wrap this episode up with the next couple scenes here. I did want to spend some time on Rhaenyra and Lenor's conversation because I think this is kind of a redeeming moment in their relationship and really the, the puts the bow on the whole thing. But Lenor shows up in usual late fashion, right? And pretty good line here, but I'm going to save, save that for, yeah. for a later segment. Um, but 
if Rhaenyra's mind wasn't made up on wanting to marry Damon before, it, it certainly was after the whole child stabbing and fight confrontation situation and Lenor is some... completely absent the whole time. And Damon was right. there. She needs some muscle. Right. And and not just that. It's just, you know, she said it earlier. Her marriage was a farce. And now that the kids are actually coming to blows, they need a present father. And I think she realizes that. And I, I also think it was kind of sad to hear Lenor say, you know, I, I wish the gods had made me this way. Yeah, it was. But another another redeeming quality coming from Nera here saying, I, I don't. You know, you're an honorable man with a good heart. That's rare. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad about that. She calls him the most um, honorable man she knows. It's true, right? It's true. Which, which I thought, I thought that was probably, you know, that's one of the reasons I think we kind of fall in love with Renero a bit is because underneath, yes. even with the time change underneath this kind of thick skin, there is a good person in there, right? And sure. I think that's the same with Allison. But I think you know, once you have the protective qualities coming out with your children involved and it's it that gets lost a little bit yeah i feel like allison at this point is probably beyond saving but she did have those good qualities i think though she sadly is losing them you know at one point she's yeah. a good person but they're just not there anymore you know yeah she's too bought into what otto's pitching and if it is fear for her children then it's sad because any parent i think can relate to that i mean you know but i think that she's misplacing it a little bit um, and then in the episode, you know, Rhaenyra has that conversation with Damon, and while they're having that conversation, they're essentially, it sounds like, ordering a hit on Lenor. Um, uh, Damon visits Carl and says, like, I can give you money, and in, in Essos, all that matters is gold, and I can give you an endless supply of it, and you can, no one cares who you bed, no one cares what your name is. Damon then, like, karate chops this guy to death, he, like, breaks his neck like Chuck Norris and Walker, Texas Ranger. And then Lenor and uh, Carl have, like, a big fight. And it ends in Lenor's death, so we think, but really it's actually a escape plan. Rhaenyra and Damon, now that Lenor is quote unquote dead, are able to get married. And Lenor actually, it turns out, was faking his death. They sort of killed a squire, I guess, and tossed him into the pit to burn him to burn him, you know, so he can't make out his identity. Lenor shaves his head and hops on a boat with Carl and they head off to Essos, which for them it's great. It's like you get to live your life together as you're meant to be. I don't think we'll see Lenor again. He's gone. Yeah, I, I think both those two characters are gone. Drawing in contrast to what we saw in Fire and Blood and what we read in, in Fire and Blood, Carl actually kills Lenor at, at like a marketplace or at a tavern. And it, so it's in it's very much in public and the body's not burned, but it's clearly Lenor's body that gets killed. I think they took some creative freedom on this one. My personal my personal take is that it kind of goes back to, I think, what we were talking about in a midweek may- mayhem episode, but it, it, in 2022, it's it's not really forgivable. or like it, it, You can't really explain killing off every single gay person in the show. It, it just, yeah. like, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's just, like, kind of rude in a sense. Like, I, why, yeah. why are they the ones dying before anyone else? I agree. Right? So, and I'll also I, I think that makes a lot of sense in this, in this screen viewing. Yeah, and I'll add to that, too, for two two things. One, she just had the conversation with him about how honorable of a man he is. And then, two, um, I mean, do do they really want Rhaenyra and Damon to kill a character who is pretty well-liked? You know, who, who no one had any beef with. I won't say well-liked because I don't think it was that developed, but didn't have any beef with. They murder that guy, and then everyone's like, oh. So we have Allison who wanted a kid's eye, and we have them. It doesn't endear people to the show, and people won't want to watch it. You know, yeah, they'd be like, well, yeah, who, you have like villains on both sides, essentially. Yeah, I mean, granted, sometimes those shows are successful. I mean, look at Breaking Bad, right? People love that show, but they also love Hank, who was a good guy. I mean, Hank was a, just a DEA agent trying to stop the drug smuggle, you know. So I think that if this is just bad people consistently doing bad things, you're kind of it beats you down a little bit, and you're like, I don't know. Now, as the war goes on, those grays will start to be there. I think killing Lanor though would have been way too jarring, way too early. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of book readers will disagree, but I I have no quarrels with the way that they handled this. I agree with the book readers in that sense. Like, they can disagree, but from the show watcher's perspective who don't know the books, 
the show really needs to make sure from here on out they're consistent because people, you can tell, I mean, me and you have been getting texts out the wazoo. People are like, what, what? <laughs> There's just a lot right. of, it's a lot of sensory overload, you know? So the show I think is doing the best it can. And it really, it makes no difference with the plot line, right? No. Because for, for all intents and purposes, Carl and Lenore are both gone from the story. Uh, Rainey's and Corliss both think that their son died. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, so it, I think <laughs> I, I think the plot. It, it, this is this is more so geared toward the book readers, but I think now the plot really doesn't change much. So at this point, it doesn't. No, and right. At least from all the bad that's about to happen, people can in their heads be like, at least Landor and Carl are happy at Essos, right? Or they died immediately. We don't know. The boat crashed. <laughs> Who knows? You know, we don't know. And that, that is interesting. In Fire and Blood, there was one account that said that once Carl killed Lenor and took the boat to escape, one of the crew members on the boat killed Carl so that there were no witnesses to what happened. Wow. Well, <laughs> everyone's dead. Okay, then never mind. Everyone's dead. Um, what, what did you, what did you, I'll go first. My rating for that episode? I liked that episode, but it was still kind of a bridge. It was a little slow at the the beginning. The pacing, it's just a little weird. I gave it a 7.1 on a scale of uh, 10.1. <laughs> a scale of 10.1. Okay. This one was difficult for me. I was kind of going back and forth on the rating because there were parts where I thought back on the episode and I just wasn't excited about like thinking back. I was like, oh, this was so sick. But then like, when I was going through each scene, I was like, well, this this is all stuff that I've been looking forward to seeing on screen. So I don't know. I gave it an eight. I yeah. don't know how, how strong I feel about that. I, I gave it a soft eight. We'll give it a soft eight. We, we withhold the right to correct ourselves on Midweek Mayhem. Yes. We withhold the And right. one thing I want to just touch on before we get into the segments, the funeral scene was very dark and somber and i think people started to get a little bit of ptsd from like the battle of uh winterfell with the second battle of winterfell where it was just a dark sequence throughout the entire like hour 15 minutes yeah. it was just vi- visually it was dark you're saying like the visually lighting was it weird. was dark, yeah. dark this is weird weird and, lighting. yeah i mean i i think they're filming I think that's on an because they, it, all that all of that happened in, at one night. So I right. think that was kind of intentional. I don't know. For I sure. mean, and it was supposed to be like a somber moment, but it's also like they didn't really develop Lena enough for us to be that sad about yeah, all that happening. So it's kind of like they did you know, it all. Yeah, sort kinda of hollow. Yeah, you, you know, it's sort of like Harwin's death, where it's like I think if you know you had time with Harwin and you like understand like. It would be such a longer show, but if you saw him conceiving the children with Rhaenyra, you know, and like going through that process of being, no, I'm not saying to see them conceiving. Yeah, you're trying to see, you're trying trying to see, to see the deed be done. Had I seen that, I would have cared. <laughs> <laughs> On record. All right. Uh, what is your best line and your yes, Queen? My best line was from Rhaenyra to, or I'm sorry, from Rhaenys to Corlys when she said, perhaps the gods have scorned us for our insatiable pride. And that just goes back to what we were saying. Corliss kind of just wants the throne for himself, and he's trying to use Rainus as, as a means to that end, and yeah. Rainus just is, is kind of over it. My Yas Queen was from Rhaenyra to Lenor. Yeah. And this is the scene where Lenor walks in late. Lenor first says to Rhaenyra, I should have been there, and Rhaenyra replies, those should be our house words. Great line, great line. <laughs> It's pretty great. I had two there, so I'm glad that one got taken. So my best line was Lucerus telling Corliss, I don't want it. Two reasons. One, when the show writers wrote that, I wonder if they were cracking up because they were like, John Stone, I don't want it. Um, And then my (laughs) yes, well, and the second reason, of course, is because people die. You know, the kid is aware of the consequences of being an heir and the whole lineage thing. Um, mm-hmm. and then my Yas Queen, since you chose that one, will be the one to Viserys to Damon. Viserys said, The gods can be cruel, and Damon goes, It seems they've been especially cruel to you. It's just like, Come on, just that's your no brother. reason. It's so and rude. Damon, like, went like he was like, oh, and like his jaw fell off, his tooth fell out, <laughs> and he's like, You're not wrong. Um, hottest moment, my hottest moment, quite simple, Rhaenyra making a move on Damon right after his wife's funeral. Hey, yeah, you know what I call that, Chris. Morning wood. 
M O U R N. Yeah, no. Okay, well, I just yeah, I got sure. it. I think all of I think all of us got it collectively, the listeners. Because his because his wife's funeral and he had sex. With her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my hottest moment was after Amon rode Vagar and then you know got his whole eye stabbed out and stuff. He's he said, um, I may have lost an eye, but I gained a dragon. And I know that that's probably more of like a best awesome. line, but I put hottest moment because it, it has so many major implications For going sure. down the line. Chris, so. Chris, morning wood. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. We're going to do four hot D, House of the Dragon, not Game of Thrones, characters we want to just have a drink with. Just a, a drink or get drunk with. Just drink. Drunk. Yeah, want to drink with. How about... Want to drink, drink with. with. Vague. I love it. Yeah. Vagar. All right, Chris, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to lead off with Aegon. I think he's the clear choice here. He looks like the guy enjoys having a good time. Yeah, he proved he's got, he proved he's got what it takes. That's for sure. Um, my first one will be uh, Allison Hightower. Why? <clears throat> she looks like she'd be an awful time. To what's actually your, what's your, Honestly, what's, she'd be on the nightmare blunt rotation. What's your second pick, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> my my second pick is going to be Damon Targaryen. Damon, because he knows all he knows all the hot spots, and he you saw he took Rhaenyra to just to good good night out. So mm. yeah, let's let's do it. Let's see. My second pick. Who was your first pick? Aegon. Aegon. My second pick will be Rhaenyra. I would like to drink with Rhaenyra. I think she'd be cool to drink with because she's see. I think I feel like I might have a shot. But but here's the thing though. Now you have Allison and Rhaenyra in the same kind of party. Is it and that's the same just party? they're gonna ruin the whole thing. Oh maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like young Allison and Rhaenyra back when they were still pals. Well no, yeah, I so take you that wanna, like, hang out with them. Wait a second. Wait a second. Actress actress my, the actresses. No, yeah, all right. My my third day. <laughs> my th- my third pick is going to be Viserys. He's the king. He can sure. get whatever he wants. It, it'll it'll be my party is going to be dope as fuck, dude. Yeah, so far so good. I feel like it's a decent one. It's a decent one. Um, my third pick. This one's got to be good because I feel like yours have been pretty good, and I feel like I want to mix it. I feel like Aemon Aemon One Eye. I feel like he'd be dope. He's got the biggest dragon in, in the what game. what sense? Girls would be like, whoa, what did you guys just ride in on? I'd be like, oh, that's Vagar. It's not a big deal. It's like 200 years old. She's like the oldest dragon. Visenya wrote her. I don't know if you heard of her. She was the conqueror's wife. This my boy, no Amen. This my boy, Amen. He's got one eye. Um, okay. Well, I don't, know. I don't know how I'm going to follow that one up. You're not. I think with my, with my fourth and final pick, I'm going to have to roll with. Misaria, the white worm. People forget. People forget about Misaria. It's because they don't. Because they don't use her. <laughs> she's, she's just chilling at the brothel, using spies and stuff. Yeah, she, she's chill. She's chill. Um. Yeah. Jeez. I just uh, now I'm having a flashback to other episodes and remembering that other characters exist, like the Lannister twins. My fourth pick. You're gonna be mad about this. Not because you wanted know. it. You'd be like, what? Laris Strong. Because I'd be like, where the hose at? And he'd be like. I know, and he's because he's got a spine <laughs> network. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's. I would not want to be at that part. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like Eamon's going to be like trying to like murder people at this point, and then Blair's going to be, be like, like, just if you say like, oh man, I can't stand so and so, like Blair's going to be like, oh really? All right, I'll set them up to be murdered at five p.m. I, I feel like they'll. In those four, that chaos, I'd be, I'd be fine in it. I'd be good with it. I'd be like, this is wild. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that party, and, and you walk in, and you're just like, yeah, no one's gonna notice that I'm just a regular guy. Yes. And like everyone, yeah. everyone's in the corner. Like, look, look at this fucking dude. Who's the regular guy at the corner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your? You blew it. My you blew it is after that whole confrontation with the kids, and, and they're in the big hall. And all this ruckus is happening, and Viserys just thinks he's just going to tell him, you know what, kid, just be good. We're, we're just going to move on from this. Everything's I, fine. The dude lost his eyes. Like, go to your corners. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, King Viserys. You blew it. 
you blew it, buddy. You blew it, King Viserys. We love you, and I do love you, but you blew it. It's insufficient. My you blew it, hear me out. My you blew it is Aemon's right eye blew it because it didn't have the left eye's back. It should have seen that blade coming and been like, buddy, look out, and dodged it. But the right <laughs> eye the right eye left the left eye hanging, and because of it, the left eye took a blade. So Aemon two eyes, right eye. You blew it. And because of that, he's Aemon, it. And because of it, he's aimed one eye. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny how quickly eyes can move on yeah. I know, I know his right eyes like I only have eyes for Vagar now um, strategy with Lord Mims Chris, if you were Corliss we'd look at that conversation he had with Rainey's. what would you do with Driftmark? Rainey's suggested that instead of Driftmark going to Lenor and Rhaenyra's youngest son, who of course would be uh, Luke it's clearly not Lenor's child Fuck that. Let's give it to Lena's children. This is how we honor her legacy. Because we at least know that her children are, you know, of Valerian blood. She's like, I want the, the I want the heir to Driftmark to have Valerian blood, which Rhaenyra's children don't, Lena's do. Yeah. This this is a tough one because by doing this, you're basically telling everyone in the realm that it's a bastard situation that, that Luke and Jake and, and Luke, Jason and Luke, Jason, Joffrey are bastards, um, which <clears throat> obviously you can't do if you're going to keep the round together. So basically by, by doing that, you are illegitimizing Rhaenyra's chastity and I guess legitimacy on the throne in a sense. So you're kind of stabbing yourself in the foot, right? Yeah. They don't have guns, I would say, shooting yourself in the foot, but they, they're stabbing oh, yeah. themselves in the foot. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I, I think that's the wrong move. But I will say this. I would, I think you would, in theory, Jace would inherit the Iron Throne and be based out of King's Landing. Uh, Joffrey would be the youngest son who would then inherit Driftmark and Hightide. And then Luke would be the Prince of Dragonstone and take Dragonstone. So... I think that's sticking to tradition, so I wouldn't even necessarily put Luke on high tide to begin with. I have a question. Would that change, though, if Jace were to have a son? Wouldn't the son then become the Prince of Dragonstone? Yeah, yeah. Upon upon that next next in line, then he becomes a Prince of Dragonstone. And who, yeah. by then, who knows how old Corliss would even be, you know? It might not even be yeah. an issue you'd have to worry with. So if he was able to put it the way you said it, then he'd be fine, you know? I mean, he's he's already an older guy, I feel like, so in that world. Um, but basically, like, Jace and Luke and Joffrey are illegitimized if you go the route that Rhaenys wanted to go. And that's what Corliss says, and I think you're right. I think you and him have the same exact point, which is, like, if we do that, then the realm is going to be like, fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. All right, unnecessary titties, Chris. Um, my, mine is simple. Mine is Kristen Cole being mouthy to Viserys when Viserys was like, "Why aren't you watching the prince?" He's like, "It's not our job to watch princes with other princes. It's like it's your job if the king tells you it's your job." All right, yeah, Kristen. Yeah, that's true. Kristen, <clears throat> I, I, he says that though, but it also like someone should have been watching the kids, right? Yeah. Like, how I did you know they were with like, other princes? Gonna, you know, right, right, yeah, someone should have an eye on them at least. Oh um, wow! Pun intended. So what? Whoa. <laughs> so whatever, Kristen. Kristen. My necessary titties is. It, I think it was your hottest moment when Damon and Rhaenyra were on the beach, and they're, really? they're you know, it's it's way too soon. Elena being dead, like she was, she's in that same body of water, like right that's, there yeah. watching. But that's why it's morning. Because <laughs> he was in mourning. No, you're right. I agree. But Damon doesn't seem like the type to really have a soul or care. I mean, look at look what happened to his first wife, you know? <laughs> yeah. He moved on so quickly from her untimely death. <laughs> and also we would be remiss if we did not mention the fact that they're just doing it on the beach, like granted, they're kinda of sheltered, like but there's holes like in there. Tent. Like yeah. that that's brazen. That's the Renera gets away with murder. I mean, this is what I've been saying. All right. And I also want to say, like, and this is, again, a frustration that I've had. I, I've loved the show so far, but it's like, why even have the conversation with Gerald Royce two episodes ago about his inheritance if you're just going to time jump and it's never going to come up again? There's this yeah. saying in filmmaking where it's, 
if you show a gun in the first act, you better use it by the third, right? It's an old saying in filmmaking. And it's like, just you don't need that scene. Cut that then and add something that makes me care that Harwin or Lana are dead. Fill in, you, you spent two episodes talking about who Renera is going to marry and two other episodes talking about uh, who's going to be the heir. And you needed that. But they were all two hours, you know, an hour long. So it's two hours of that, two hours of that. Take eight minutes to make me care about another character. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I see your point. I, I do hope that that still does come into play when the, the veil gets involved. Because uh, I, I can't I can't imagine that House Aaron just kind of glances over that when, when the veil what? comes into the play. I bet what you just hinted at is probably going to be something that comes into play. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will be, actually. Uh, probably season two. All right, so that brings us to uh, Trial by Combat, TBC. That's what we call Hell it. Oh, yeah, let's go. We're, it's we're not, on the edge of our seats. I, I Well, don't be. I forgot about it until today. I was sitting in my hotel room. I woke up at 4.30 to catch my flight, and I was like, i got to think of something. So it's spooky season, so the movie I've created is a horror film. Um, it takes place in the very state I'm in now. It takes place in New Jersey. Um, so this family... Uh, as so many horror movies start, move into an old, dilapidated house near the south side, like near the Jersey Shore area, and, and they bought it off the bank for practically nothing, right? Uh, they move in, and everything is fine, but they had to fix it up. And of course, as all these horror films, slowly weird things start to happen, right? Um, Dude, I think if this is going where I think it's going, I'm in. Weird substances are found around the house, and they're like, what is this? And they touch it, and it's like it's tanning lotion. This is so weird. And yes. they are yes. like they awaken <laughs> yes. at night because like the radio just pops on like in horror films, but it's just blasting house music and it's like, dun, 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 just like what the fuck? And um, yeah, and the dad and like the family starts going nuts. They start getting mad at each other because all these poltergeist type activities are happening. And the dad goes to like the library to learn more about the house. And you know those like microfiche machines where like in the movies where they like scroll through old newspaper clippings in a oh, library. Yeah. yeah, he's like looking at that. And he learns that before the hit MTV show, The Jersey Shore, there was an actual, there was another attempt at a reality show in the area based on The Jersey Shore. And they'd cast it, but everyone on that cast died under mysterious circumstances in that house. It was a carbon wow. monoxide leak, but still mysterious. <laughs> um, uh, so they, they realize that that is who is haunting their house, and the family decides that they have to get rid of these ghosts, not because they're scary, but because they're super annoying. So, they're, so they're, they, it's like this sort of battle of human versus ghost to rid their house, and then the ghosts, of course, start materializing. Like, you know the scene when, like, in horror movies, when someone, like, opens a fridge and then shuts it and something's there? Well, the son, oh, yeah. like, opens a fridge, looks in, and then shuts it, and there's just this big sort of, like, Guido Italian standing there, and he just goes, boo, you douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that and it's um uh this is my spooky season movie the jersey horror hell yeah colon the jersey I'm Shore. So <laughs> i'm i'm so in you yeah. just hear like snooky watch this mess no snooky you get like you get like just people like, you just hear yelling in the background ron stop oh my god those two was that sammy and sammy and ron sammy and ron wow. oh yeah they were a healthy couple, right? That's a good example for the jet, for the kids. So, yeah, oh, super healthy. It's essentially, just you, a get, you got you got uh, you got you got a DJ going, just kicking some beats. You got one guy. You keep you keep just hearing whispers. The situation, yeah. But you're just like getting tax dollars stolen from you, though. There were two dudes on the show who turned like I think it was what Pauly D and the other one that no Vinny. They were Vinny, chill. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, oh, yeah. taxes. They, you know, they apparently. That crew still gets paid a crap ton to go like make appearances at clubs and stuff. Oh, what a nice life. Honestly, I, I will say you think that would be nice, but dude, staying up that late, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Even for the money. You know? I mean if I was getting if I was getting paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars per appearance, I think I could make it work. I would be Viserys by thirty four. You'd see me and I'd be like, Chris, hello. <laughs> How are you? Your, your arm just drops off. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought overall it was a solid episode. I liked it. I definitely thought that a lot of what we heard sort of played it up more than what was in there. But that was good. Yeah. I, I really yeah. liked the Eamon scene with the dragon. 
I, I do think that the, the one thing, if I could change, would be add the Rhaenyra Damon wedding scene at the at the beginning of next episode. Yeah. As opposed to the end of this one, because that, like, up until that point, I think the pacing of the episode was fine. But you throw that in at the end, and I think everything just moved way too fast. And the again, and then the issue is next week, time jump. Right. We got new characters for the last time. This is officially the last time, so we're happy about that. Different Aegon, different Aemon, different Strong Brothers, and I assume a different, different Helena and, and a different Helena and a different Bela and uh, what was her name? Reina. Reina. So yeah, all of them will be a little bit older, and then those these are the actors we're going to be with for hopefully four sol- four more solid seasons, and then the finale. Yeah. I I'm I'm interested to see. I think stuff's gonna really start popping off now. Me too. They have to eight, nine, and ten. They know, and, and since they'll have their full time crew, you know, that's they know they'll start mm-hmm. pushing the limit. But blood blood has been spilled. You know, blood has been it's, spilled. It's on. It's on. Oh, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Man, it's starting to go down. I, I thought it was a good episode. I liked it. Um, but as always, guys, be sure to like, subscribe, share. We really do appreciate that. We appreciate the feedback on our Instagram or on our Twitter. Uh, follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Deep Thrones Pod on TikTok at Deep Thrones Pod. Chris, no, that's 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 my usual spiel at the end. So that's all I, I got. I took it. I decided to do it. <laughs> I'm like Allison. I love it. This is mine now. You know. Um, speaking of Allison, uh, Allison, hit me up. I'll I'll, I'll get Jace's eye for you. Check out the hand, switch, switch on solution, it is don't miss Aria just added a ton of y'all next to my list. Death wish not to be messed with testing quiz.